You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And for those of you who've never listened, this is the podcast where we talk all about the wife-sharing lifestyle, be it cuckolding, be it wife uh, be it hot-wifing, or, you know, whatever it is that's related to it. And we also talk extensively about the interracial aspects of both uh, lifestyles. Uh, my goal here is just to kind of separate fact from fiction and kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and help people, you know, better understand these lifestyles. So what I have for you today is a real treat. This is a couple that I've been talking to. They're actually Patreon supporters of mine, and I met them on my Discord uh, server. And hopefully some of you out there who are Patreon supporters, you, you need to come up, come to join the uh, Discord server. You're really missing out. And then as I talked to them and heard their story, I just said to myself, wow, I've, I've really got to have this couple on. They, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's not often that I hear a story that I've never heard before or a story with a twist on it that I've never heard before. And there's definitely had that. So I'm looking forward to bringing their story to you. Um, so let's go ahead and get to it. I have B and G. Uh, B is the he. G is his goddess. So why don't you guys say hi. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you notice how we let his goddess <laughs> go first? That was so cute. <laughs> always. Or else he gets in trouble. She, she always comes first. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. So, as I said, you guys are a cuckold couple, and yes. um, just to kind of give my listeners an idea, uh, how old are you both? I am 26, and he is 36. Okay. And I guess where I'll start, because the story of how you guys met is rather unique in the grand scheme of things. Oh, so for sure. Rather than me kind of ask the question in, in the way that I normally ask it. I'm just going to let mm -hmm. you tell the story of how you guys met. Oh, <laughs> well, that is certainly an interesting one, but it's also one of my favorite stories to tell people. Um, it wasn't necessarily a favorite story to tell in the beginning because it kind of raised some eyebrows, you know? Um, I was actually in a really, I was married. I have four daughters with the man that I was married to. I um, met him when I was in high school. I was 14. He was 16 and we dated on and off. I got pregnant when I was 17 or 16. I had her when I was 17 and I kind of just fell into like, I have to be with this person because we have a child together. Mm hmm and, um, I grew up in a very, very small town and I grew up in a very, like, my family was just like, okay, well you have a child with this person. You need to be with this person. So I felt intense pressure there and we got together and we got married in 2019. I was pregnant with our second daughter. We have four daughters and, um, things were just like looking back now, it was just like red flag after red flag, you know, 
Um, anyways, we got deeper in our marriage and he was just completely controlling, um, couldn't wear certain things that I couldn't go out places. I was a stay at home mom because he wouldn't let me work. Um, you know, everything was in his name, the car, the house, everything. So he had complete and total control over me. And one day he decided that he was done and he had cheated before. Um, while I was nine months pregnant with our third daughter, he had cheated. And I'm, I'm the type of person who's very, very giving and loving and caring. And I just love people and I love to make friends. And, um, I knew the woman that he cheated on me with. We are actually, ironically, friends now. <laughs> so <laughs> um, life just kind of works out like that. But if that kind of tells you not to toot my own horn, but like the person that I am, like mm-hmm. I recognize that she was in a vulnerable position. He took advantage of her, yada, yada, yada. Well, um, anyways, he ended up, Right before my birthday, deciding that he was going to leave and he was going to shut off all utilities. He was going to take all the money and he was leaving me for another woman. Well, I finessed the system a little bit. I found B through Facebook. Um, I wanted to let him know I had no intentions of dating him or being romantically involved with him. I reached out to him to let him know that the person, okay, so sorry, let me backtrack Mm -hmm. because this is going to, this is going to be confusing for anyone who listens. Um, my ex-husband left me for B's fiance. Can you repeat that one more time? (laughs) My ex-husband left me for B's fiance. Okay. That that should be clear to anyone who's listening. That that pretty much spells it out. Yes. And I mean, like, obviously, when I tell people that story, they're like, whoa, (laughs) like, did you get with him to get revenge on her? Like, you know, what were you doing? Um, That was not my intent at all. Um, I reached out to him to let him know, hey, um, I realize that you have a daughter. Um, This is how he because he was very physically and verbally abusive to me, unfortunately, but also to our children. And I just let him know, like, hey, um, I know that your ex-fiance is with my soon-to-be ex-husband. And, like, I need to let you know, like, for protection's sake, like, this is not someone that you want around your child. So that is how our connection started. And naturally, you know, you have the ex soon-to-be ex-wife coming to you. You, you kind of have your guard up and you're right. kind of looking at her like you know, what, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to like manipulate the situation, whatever? Well, um, the pivotal moment for B was when I found a ticket stub to a movie and, um, he found out that like, I wasn't just making this stuff up. Like they had been seeing each other. They had been talking to each other. Like this was legit. And then, things just kind of went from there like we just we found out that we had stuff in common that you know he loved his kids I love my kids he was really great with my kids and now 
here we are. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so so let me kind of switch gears and, and kind of get uh, B's perspective on this uh, because yeah, absolutely. Obviously, this is not a type of story that you hear all the time, especially oh gosh, in, no. in our lifestyle. Um, oh yeah. So I'm just curious. She touched on it a little bit. Did you have your guard up when you were like, okay, who is this woman? Why is she contacting me? Oh, she's, you know, he broke up her home, so now she's trying to break up my home. Like, did you have any of those thoughts, or did you believe what she was saying right from the beginning? Oh, no. Like, I'm, by nature, a pretty skeptical person. And um, she messaged me, you know, telling me all these things. And I'm like, well... You know, basically, you're telling me what I want to hear, that, you know, my ex-fiance is with a terrible person. You know, I could maybe tell her these things, and she would want to get back with me, because at the time, I was very hurt. I wasn't, didn't know for sure she was cheating on me. You know, I just thought maybe we were on a break, maybe things would work out. Um, and she's telling me these things, and I didn't believe her. I'm like, and I told her point blank, I said, you are telling me what I want to hear, which makes me not believe you. And, um, you know, we just kept talking and the more she told me, you know, the more I was like, Hey, she knows what she's talking about. She is right about this stuff. And like she was saying about the movie ticket is I was out of town for work. And my ex-fiance told me that she was going to go see a movie with friends. And the movie ticket stub she had was for the same exact date Mm -hmm. that, you know, that she said she was going to see a movie with friends. Well, obviously, you know, it started to click that, oh, they got together this night. She wasn't with friends. She was, you know, cheating on me while I was out of town for work. And... You know, in the beginning, it was like, oh, we, you know, we're both in a bad situation. We've both been cheated on. You know, we're both hurt. We don't want anything romantic, but we can have a conversation together. So let's just, you know, console each other and help each other through this difficult time as friends um, because we're both kind of suffering and struggling right now. And, you know, as, we kept consoling each other and trying to make each other feel better that, you know, feelings grew from there. And here we are. Okay. Now B, you and I have have chatted a little bit and you shared a story with me that I'd like you to share with my listeners. Um, Mm -hmm. I I had asked you um, because of the situations that you both came from and here you are coming to this and it's so much better for your soul and for your spirit. And mm-hmm. I had asked B if people around you noticed the change in you. And you had told me a story how you were, I guess, at work and you were texting and uh, a coworker of yours said something to you. Can you re- re- uh, repeat that story for my listeners? Yeah. So obviously, um, I let some of my friends at work know the situation that I was in. And you know, they were trying to help me through a difficult time too. And I remember specifically, you know, one day I was texting goddess and 
one of my friends at work walk up to me and she goes, Hey, who are you? Who are you texting? And I said, Oh, it's just a friend. And she goes, Oh, well, you were smiling as you were texting her. I haven't seen you smile in quite a while. So it's nice to see you happy again. And, you know, I didn't know I was smiling. It was totally a subconscious thing. But when she pointed it out, I realized, you know what? I am smiling right now. Wow. God, is, we're just friends. But even just texting her makes me feel so much better. That uh, this is pretty awesome. And so this and, happened before um, you guys were even dating. This is just when you were kind of still in the friend phase of, of, of things. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I don't remember what the message was about. You know, it was probably just some random comment or maybe, you know, a sarcastic joke or whatever. I just remember very vividly standing there going, hmm, this goddess, she, she's my friend, but she makes me happier than I can recall being in a long time because of all this pain that I've recently been through. And I think it was probably shortly after that, within a day or two, that I told her about this and I was like, Hey, you know, you make me really happy. Um, do you want to possibly try being more than friends? And did, did you agree right away or did you make him wait? Yeah, I, so I agreed right away because I, so naturally after getting out of the relationship, that I had gotten out of the last thing on your mind is dating. Right. Um, and then when you have four kids along with that, you have all these other extra reservations, you know, is this person going to be healthy for my children? Am I going to be respected? Like you have all these different things. And actually, um, what B did not mention, which is just like, I find this to be, one of the most greatest aspects of our story, um, which after I tell it to you, like you'll find it ironic because it had no romantic intentions whatsoever, but like, it's a very, very pivotal part of who we are together. Um, the first time that I actually met B in person, we, he was going to counseling um, he was updating me on his counseling and I was just being there for him as a friend. I was being very supportive. Um, he decided I was living with my friend in her apartment at the time because, uh, my ex had shut off all the utilities. Like, obviously I couldn't keep the girls in that house, you know, all that stuff. So here I am with four girls smushed into this two bedroom apartment with my best friend who has her husband and her two or her three kids herself. So <laughs> naturally, like it's not a good situation. Um, I had a really, really bad day that day. I, I don't remember why it was just exceptionally bad. And he had also had a bad day and we had talked about it. And he said, um, can I come see you? And I remember I just, I froze because I was like, well, I was kind of hiding out at my best friend's house trying mm -hmm. 
um, avoid my ex-husband because he had tried to take off with kids and like I was just trying to avoid that whole mess. So I was just kind of like, ooh, are you trying to find out like where I am so you can tell her and like right. she can she can tell him and like and he was like, No, 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 like I have zero intention of that. So I have a pretty good, I would say, intuition. Um I didn't have any red flags popping up, so I was like, All right, you can come out. Well, we ended up um talking for it was hours that night like I don't I don't remember how long it was but we sat out on her patio under the stars and we just talked for hours and um most of the conversation was about me giving him advice on how to get back with his ex actually um but it's it's so funny because at the end of the night uh I got locked out of the apartment and for for those of you listening, for visual reference, I am four foot ten. <laughs> he is six foot four. So I got locked out of the apartment. It was on the second story of the building, and I couldn't get a hold of anyone because he and I had gone for a walk, and I didn't have my phone. And I was like, "Oh God, like I'm locked out." So. <laughs> He boosted me over the balcony to the apartment. And we have discussed this numerous times, but he said for that, for him, that was like a pivotal moment. Like talking to me and being out there with me, lifting me up over the balcony and just like the ease of our conversation made the difference for him. So in reality, we got our start from me trying to encourage him to go back to his ex. <laughs> so as ironic as that is. Right. So let me ask you, so from this time, how much time passed before you guys officially became a couple? Oh, that actually happened fairly soon. Um, so he and I had split in... July, like early July. Mm -hmm. um, my birthday is July 30th. So I remember like it was about early to mid July. Um, he and I were a couple by August 21st. So I just, I kind of, we had a moment there where I was just, I looked at him. We had already had sex. Okay. Um, I had, started to rent a house with my cousin and it didn't work out and while I still had that house he was coming over every day and I mean like he was taking care of the kids he was cooking for us he was I mean like he would literally get up go to work and then he would come home and cook and like take care of the kids and help out and stuff and and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. You know? And like, like he it can't even said that's good. <laughs> right. Well, and like, I always have this rule that if my ex and I split and I introduced someone to my kids, it would be after we were dating for a while. And I, I love you so much, honey. I know you can hear this. But I had no intentions of dating him. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, and he'll he'll tell you the same. We had no intentions of dating each other. Like, it just happened. So the first night that he came to the apartment, he met my kids because they were all awake. And my then three-year-old at the time was, like, covering herself in Band-Aids. So here he is sitting there, like, helping opening Band-Aids and stuff. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> What is this? So, but at the same time, you have this reservation where you're like, are you being nice to my kids because you want to get my pants? Right. Wondering if and, there's an ulterior motive. Right. And that, that to me was the thing that stuck out the most where I was just kind of like, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, are you being nice to my kids because you want me or because you want, like, us? You know? So... Um, I can definitely say that after three years, he wants us, and I think that's incredible. Fantastic, fantastic. So you said you guys, so you guys have been together for three years now. Yes. And how long have you been married? Uh, almost a year. Okay. We will celebrate a year in August. Okay, that should be a great time yeah. for you. So. Oh yeah, for sure. So you've been together for three. So let's kind of fast forward into the the lifestyle a little bit. Yeah. I remember you guys telling me that your your first toe into the lifestyle was actually uh, through an FLR dynamic. Yes. How did he present that to you? So... I don't know that it was necessarily presented in like the way that you would think. Like, so we first began, his birthday is in December. We first began with any kind of outside dynamic with him telling me at his birthday where he was like, Hey, um, I kind of like, I, okay. So I had known before that in his previous relationship, he had gotten in trouble because he had emailed a cuckoldress. Um, he had been caught by his ex talking to her. He had bought her things like from the get go. Like it's been very apparent that B is to be controlled. Um, he does not do good unless he is told what to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was in the Marine Corps for 10 years. He had a very high position in the Marine Corps. Um, in his work, he has a high position. So once he explained to me like, Hey, I, you know, at work, I do nothing but tell people what to do in the military. I did nothing but tell people what to do. Like it would kind of be nice to come home and shut that off and have you tell me what to do. So I kind of like embraced that at first. And then from there, everything else just kind of followed. Like we were, we were actually talking about this today because we went out to lunch and we had him like, I went shopping, I got some new makeup, all that stuff. And I kind of talked to him about it. Um, we were listening to a podcast of yours where it was back from either 18 or 19 where the couple had got started because of infidelity. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I was talking to him and I was like, I feel like that's how a lot of people get started because the non-monogamous, like they don't realize until they're in that relationship that monogamy is not for them. For us, it started as he wanted me to be in charge. And I was sitting there one day and I was just kind of like, what do you like what do you mean like you want me to tell you like what to do like I didn't know what to do (laughs) you know like I had never been in charge I had been the person that was told this is what you do you can't wear this you can't do this like so then he here he is saying like okay well you're in charge so I embraced that aspect of it and I realized like oh my god like I love this like I love the confidence that it gives me I love the power that it gives me I love the feeling that it gives me like I am such a naturally bubbly person like I make friends everywhere I go like I can talk to anybody and my ex really really stifened that so B started to bring that out and then, you know, we started with the female ed and then, um, actually one day I got caught, uh, flirting on Tinder and Snapchat and, or not, not Tinder, sorry, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And then that led to us downloading Tinder. And then from Tinder, like, we haven't really done much of anything else. Like, we're we're fairly new to this lifestyle, but that that's kind of what led to, like, all of that. Okay, so let me pause you right there, and I want to uh, kind of bring B into this. Yeah. She said that you, <coughs> when you brought up FLR, your reasoning was, hey, military guy, high position at work. All day, every day, I'm in a position of telling people what to do, and it would be comfortable for me to be in a situation where I don't have to do all the thinking. So I'm curious, how long had that thought been in your head before you brought it up to her? Um, I I don't know. Um, I... Um, kind of wanted to be I kind of wanted to be submissive you know for a while um, I don't know when exactly those feelings started but um, you know I saw in her something that drove that feeling that need to be submissive and the way I approached it with her was kind of make this a a gift for me, like uh, Christmas. I can't remember if it was Christmas or birthday. And it was just, hey, let's try this out. If you don't like it, fine, whatever. We can go about our normal lives and pretend like it never happened. And after after a, a week, we kind of talked together about, you know, this female-led relationship. And she was like, hey, you know, I kind of felt a little awkward doing this, but I also kind of enjoyed it. Let's kind of expand and explore and 
see where this goes. Okay, so you had had the thoughts, but you never were in a position where you could act on them before, and then you meet her, and you begin to feel that, okay, this is someone who I feel motivated to be this way with. Um, right. My last... Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So my um, two relationships prior to her were, um, you know, I was pretty mistreated too, and they... Um, the one immediately prior to Goddess, I kind of sort of put it some feelers out there and she just shut me down and was like, oh no, that's weird. You know, we're not going to do any stuff like that. And, you know, um, I was upfront with Goddess about, you know, getting caught emailing this, you know, online dom and she was like, why would anybody ever shame you or shun you for that? Like, you can't help your kinks. You know, I would never, ever think of shaming or shunning somebody for how they feel because that's how they feel. So right from the beginning, I knew that she would at least hear me out and we could have a conversation about a female-led relationship. As opposed to feeling like she would judge you. Right. Now, you would... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, as a, you know, somebody that's always been seen as an alpha male, being in the military, being in charge at work, you know, it, it's, it kind of makes you feel a little shameful to have these feelings like, no, I really, like, I want to be dominated by a by my wife. I want her to be in charge. And it's, you know, in the society that we have, it, that it kind of makes you feel shameful to feel that way. And, you know, she has never once made me feel that way. That's actually what I was going to bring up with what you just said, uh, was that conversation that, that we had had and you were talking about, you know, being a Marine, you know, having the stature that you do, you know, being a relatively, you know, you're six, four, you're tall guy you know, it not being easy to admit that you have these desires, you know, and, you know, knowing that society kind of sees you as one way when you want to be the other way. And I'm I'm glad that you touched on the fact that how accepting she was and how understanding she was, you know, because so often in this lifestyle, it's talked about, the husbands accepting the wives for embracing certain attitudes and kind of running counter to social norms. It's rare that we hear the other side of it. It's rare that we hear about the wives accepting their husbands. Not that it doesn't happen, but just for whatever reason, it's not, it's not talked about as much with the, the social norms that the husbands are running counter to and the struggles that they have in, you know, in, in kind of coming to grips with, with, with how they are. So you say you have the FLR dynamic, and from the conversations that we've had, it was sometime later that you worked up the nerve to want to take it a step further and introduce cuckolding <laughs> to her. So 
uh, I want to go to G. What was that first oh. conversation like when he first, <laughs> when you first heard the word cuckolding? So we actually, we talked about this earlier. Um, I was talking about how like, so cuckolding to me prior to B, um, obviously like I had seen it through porn, which porn gives a very. <laughs> right. Distorted to say the least. <laughs> yes. To say the least. Like it's just the absolute like. So I knew kind of a vague idea what cuckolding was. Um, I did not know that cuckolding came with like. So when you watch the porn, you get this ideology that, you know, these women are humiliating their husbands and their husbands enjoy it because they are watching their wives just get pummeled. Right. right. But. In all reality, like, cuckolding sometimes isn't that. Cuckolding is sometimes I will go out to have an adventure on my own or I will bring someone back or, you know, just it's it really it depends on the person's dynamic. It depends on their relationship. It, it So many factors come into play with cuckolding. So I feel like where we took the step from okay, I'm in charge of you to, okay, well, I'm going to go and have sex with someone else and you are either going to watch or I'm going to come home and I'm going to tell you about it. Um, we had talked about it a lot and we had especially talked about it when we were a little tipsy and intimate, you know what they say, like drunk mouths speak mm -hmm. honest feelings <laughs> So, you know, we would be in the moment and I would realize like, hey, this this really, really triggers a button like this pushes a button like I could never push, you know. So, I, you know, we were listening to a podcast earlier of yours and one of the wives, Kennedy. Mm -hmm. So so this is back in like 2018 or 19. Um, Kennedy was talking about how, you know, we, we begin this for our husbands. You know, we, our husbands are typically the ones who bring up the idea. And if we do act on the idea, typically it is in the guise of like, okay, we're doing this to please our husbands. And we were, you know, we were talking about it. And I said, you know, looking back on it, I do believe that I entered the cuckolding lifestyle to please you. But at the same time, I went into it knowing that either this was going to be fantastic and this is going to be something that we're going to continue or this is going to be something that completely like wrecks who we are together. So going into it, I had reservations. Um, the idea excited me. Uh, prior to B and the cuckolding lifestyle, I had not really been with many people. Um, I was pretty reserved when I was younger. And then I had been married to the girl's dad for a while. So like, you know, you have kind of an inexperience there coupled with the idea of 
not only going out with someone, but like just being destroyed by someone. (laughs) (laughs) So you have, you have kind of this like reservation where you're like, Oh my God, like what am I getting myself into? But, um, (laughs) actually, our, our first cuckolding experience is quite a funny story. Um, yes, please share we had, <laughs> <laughs> So naturally, like, obviously other couples take a lot of planning and they take a lot of, like, I'm going to vet this person and, like, we're going to, we're going to go about all this the right way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, instead... There was one night where we were really, really worked up. Um, I believe I had taken a few shots of tequila. (laughs) Funny tequila is always involved in it somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So we're we're sitting there and, you know, we had toyed with the idea. And I just, I remember looking at him and I was like, is this really what you want? Like, you really, really want to watch me get railed by someone else? Like, you know, when you, when you think of that as a non, like someone from outside of our lifestyle, that seems so weird (laughs) when you, when you put it out, right. Like when you put it out there, like, I want to watch my wife get just absolutely pulverized. And I was talking to B about that today. I was like, you know, it, it baffles me that in 2021, we are so open and receptive and accepting to people that want to be different genders and sexual orientations and lifestyles. But if you want to have a different sexual preference, you're shunned. And to me, that seems crazy because it's like, if you want to have a vanilla lifestyle, that's fine. I don't want to have a vanilla lifestyle. And I remember the first time that I finally embraced that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call your bluff. And, you know, he had talked it, talked a big game and this and that. And I said, one day, one night I was like, all right, you really want this? I can have someone here at the snap of my fingers. And he said, Okay, and within an hour, we had a bull here who was willing to let Cuck sit in the room and watch. And if he wanted to participate, he could, but I did not let him. And I made him sit there and watch. And I made him, I made him sit there in a chair. He was not allowed to get off. He was not allowed to touch me. He literally just had to sit there in a chair and watch as what he claimed that he wanted was fulfilled. Okay, so let me let me ask you a question to kind of get into your mind state a, a little bit. Yeah. The energy that I'm getting from you is almost like you were challenging him. You yeah. Know, like, like you were calling his bluff. Like, okay, you said oh, you yeah. want this, so... I'm going to call this guy over right now, not next week, not right. tomorrow, right now. And he was like, okay. So I'm sure that was the first bluff where you were like, oh, okay. Almost like expecting him to say, well, no, we don't have to do it tonight. But he said, yeah, tonight. Right. So the guy comes yeah. over. So in my mind, 
I see you almost where the guy that you're playing with, you're not even really paying attention to him. You're like watching B oh, no. waiting for him to no. break. Like you're almost waiting for him yes. to break. Like when is you he know, going? And Michael, mm-hmm. it was such a absolutely beautiful moment. Like I remember laying in the bed and, you know, I'm just, the bull was, if I had been paying attention to him, I'm sure he would have been great. You know, um, actually the bull I met, I was walking into a bank one day and he was just so like smitten with me. He added me on Facebook and was like obsessed. So like that made me feel good. And like having that person over should have made me feel like just powerful, you know? But what made me feel powerful was looking over at him in the chair where he sat there and he couldn't touch me. He couldn't taste me. He couldn't participate. And he was just stuck over there. And I just, I looked at him and I stared at him and I challenged him like, is this what you want? Is this where you want to be? Are you sure? And he was, and I told him from that point on, if you are sure this is where you want to be, this is what you want to be, this is the lifestyle that you want, we'll do it. Because, I mean, it made sense to me and it made sense to him, you know? So I'm curious, what did you, as this was going on, what do you mm-hmm. remember seeing in his eyes? Oh God. I I honestly wish that I had recorded it. Because I want you to picture a kid in a candy store, right? But that kid is in front of a display of like his favorite candy. And he has the money to buy that candy. But there is no one around to give him access to that candy. So he just gets to stand there and he gets to witness that, what he can't have. And it was so beautiful, Michael. It was beautiful. Like, it was the best and it was the most powerful that I have ever felt in my entire life. And I think about that moment all the time. Okay, so uh, B, I want to kind of get your thoughts on that. So you bring this up to your wife, <laughs> and <laughs> she challenges you like, okay, well, if you really want this, I can have somebody over here within the hour. How do you react to that? Like, were you, were you kind of shocked? <laughs> were you stunned? Or I thought that she was bluffing. So, so you both just calling each other's bluff. <laughs> in my mind, I was calling her bluff. So this is a cuckold game of chicken. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, oh, you know, she isn't going to really want to do this to me because then she's going to think less of me. And, you know, all the, like I was saying before, all the, the shame and stuff, like I never thought that she would really want to do it. Um, and because, you know, like she said, she was kind of reserved in the past and I knew that. Um, 
But, you know, like she said, we had some liquid courage in the form of tequila that night. And um, things were hot and heavy between us. And, um, you know, like she said, she called my bluff. I called her bluff. And before I knew it, I was sitting there in the chair. And uh, she was having the time of her life. <laughs> so you realized she wasn't playing what? When she called, when she contacted the guy, when the guy showed up? Like, when did you realize that, oh, this is not a game? I think when she, when she called the guy, because, you know, you've seen pictures of her. You know how amazing she looks. Right. Um, and... You know, she. I'm. There's literally guys lining up, wanting, you know, to spend time with her. And so I knew that she could get somebody over, but I didn't think that she actually would. Like I kind of thought that it was part of, uh, you know, part of our role playing in the bedroom mm-hmm. about her tucking me. And then suddenly she actually had somebody on the phone. And I could only hear what she was saying, you know, and there was something to the effect of, you know, oh, yeah, he knows. He'll be here. Are you fine with that? And, you know, then I was like, okay, great. I'll send you my address. How long will it take you to be here? Oh, okay. See you in 30 minutes. Bye. (laughs) And I'm just like, wait, this is actually happening? Like, this is something I've wanted for longer than I you know, can remember, like, we're actually, like, we're doing this? This is awesome. And, uh, you know, I I remember right when she got off the phone, she's like, okay, I need you to straighten up the bed, make the bed, light a candle, get you a chair in here, because I'm going to make you sit in it the entire time. So it was like a flurry of motion, and, you know, she was, touching up her hair and makeup or whatever. And I'm doing all these things. And then before I know it, there's a knock at the door and, you know, it actually happened. (laughs) And what do you remember thinking as it was happening? Here's the woman that you love, you know, this woman who's basically giving you a second chance at life, you know, um, you know, you're a big presence in her life. She's a big presence in your life, you know, you both have kind of come through your own personal hells. Um, and here she is giving herself to another man, not just right in front of you, but as she alluded to before, because of her love for you, and she knows that this is a fantasy of yours, she's making it happen because she knows that she's the one, she's the one that has the power to make it happen. And she chooses, she chose to use that power to make it happen and not judge you for it. And all of those different things that you were feeling. And here it is, it's happening. You know, you're a Marine, you know, this is not a drill. You know, this is, this is real. This is live ammunition right here. And it's going down right in front of you. What do you remember feeling in that moment? Uh, I remember feeling a lot of love. um, You know, because I, I kind of had a feeling that, you know, she was doing this to make me happy. Um, so, you know, like, wow, somebody could love me so much that they're willing to fulfill some 
kinky stuff to uh, just to make me happy. Um, I remember being super, super horny, um, almost like I couldn't control myself and just, I remember how beautiful she looked, how just breathtaking and amazing she looked as she rode him. And I remember looking her in her eyes as she came for him and just being overcome with like, wow, this is, this is everything I've always wanted and more. I love this woman more than I could ever possibly express. And it was just, it was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, she has her moment. The guy leaves. And now it's just the two mm-hmm. of you. Uh, and gee, why don't you go first? What was that time like? You know, he leaves. This amazing thing just happened. Now it's just you with the love of your life now. And what was that moment like for you? So, yeah, like that moment, you, you know, you're coming off this like super adrenaline high. Um, To be honest with you, I felt kind of embarrassed. Um, like once, once that high like settled down and I was just sitting there thinking, I was just kind of like, oh my God, like, I feel so embarrassed. Like, I can't believe I did that. Like, is he going to think any different of me? Is he going to love me less? And, you know, we, we talked about this earlier too, where I told him that when I made the decision to do the initial action, I was worried about whether, because obviously when, when your cuck comes to you with this idea, if, if it is his idea at first, you kind of had this reservation where you're like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> like, am, if I do this, are you going to be jealous? Like, are you going to be upset? And that was my reservation. So when I, first completed the action and we were there by ourselves I was so worried that he was going to be just like disgusted and he was going to be ashamed and this and that and we actually had like the best sex I think we've ever had and like no you know no joking no fooling whatever like I think that that hands down was just like the best and then from then on, you know, being a co-holdress or a hot wife or whatever you want to call yourself is great. But I think that something that people on the outside don't really understand is that at the end of the night, at the end of the day, whatever time you're doing this, you come home and your cuck is your person. Your cuck is your safe place your cuck is your person you cuddle with that makes you feel loved appreciated like yes you go out and you have this fun with these people and you do this and you do that but then you come home to your cuck and you just feel secure so afterwards for that 
I was so afraid that once he left, I was going to feel filthy. I was going to feel gross. Um, he wasn't going to want anything to do with me. Like, I just, like, all these thoughts ran through my head and completely opposite of what I thought. Um, he literally, he could not get enough of me. I mean, I'm pretty sure <laughs> if he could crawl inside my skin at that moment, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you have all of these reservations and all of these doubts. And when you are left alone with the nitty gritty, like you're in love with this person, you care for this person, this person makes you feel safe. But at the same time, like this person also makes you feel incredibly confident and whole because they encourage you to go out and be yourself and be sexually explorative and, be yourself in that way and it's just it's this incredible dynamic and I was talking to B about this earlier on the drive home and I was just like you know what I'm so excited to do this podcast because if it encourages people that are listening that don't have this dynamic yet but could have this dynamic like let's do it you know no, and and, and, it, and it, it's it's definitely going to do that. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy sharing this because I know that it's going to resonate with somebody, you know. And that's all I right. look for each episode to do is just to kind of resonate with one person. Um, one thing I wanted to get you to talk about um, in our conversation, yeah. you know, leading up to recording this, one of the things that I was struck by was, you know. I am the, I myself am the product of an abusive marriage. You know, I remember sitting on the steps, watching my parents argue, fuss and fight. Yeah. You know, watching my father put his hands on my mother. You know, I remember as a child what that felt like and how it made me feel, you know, towards oh, my yeah. mother and everything. And one of the things that I was struck by in your story is the contrast, meaning you so say you have four mm -hmm. girls, and oh, yeah. this man wasn't just abusive to you, but they witnessed it. They saw it. Sometimes they were exposed yeah. to it. And so I'm just right. curious what it's been like for them to see their mother go from one extreme mm -hmm. where this man is treating her like almost like she's not even a human being right. to the other side where – their mother is in charge and being treated like a goddess and being not just treated like a goddess, but being treated like she's important, being treated like she matters. Mm -hmm. And they're being raised by a man who treats them the same way. I'm just curious, what have you seen in their eyes and in their demeanor as children mm -hmm. of, you know, a, a, a cuckold father and a, cuckoldress mother like what is what is that what do you see in them as a result of that being that you have the contrast of having been in a totally opposite situation before so honestly like I had to wipe tears from my eyes <laughs> I know that's not your typical stuff with this podcast but like no it's real and I just want you to be real um so he has two children from two different women. His oldest daughter is not actually biologically his. Um, he has been in her life since she was born, pretty much. Um, 
she has never known anything different. Um, she's wonderful. She's absolutely like just <laughs> the best like little girl, right? And then I have my four girls, you know, I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. He has an 11-year-old and a three-year-old. And all girls, by the way, for anyone wondering. Um, and, oh God, like, you know, you you mentioned this this question the other day and I just... So let's, let's get real here, Michael. Mm -hmm. To be, so, so I grew up in a house full of all men. Okay. And we were very, you know, you don't cry around men. You don't really have feelings around men. You're not really like men don't really deal with emotions very well. Not, not all men. Right. Right. But like some men, okay, very, very old fashioned men, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, so I grew up in that kind of household and I grew up very like, so for me to have all daughters, I was kind of like, oh God, like <laughs> this is new territory for me, you know? Um, I was not raised by my mom or my dad. I was raised by my uncle. Um, Unfortunately, sorry if this is too like open or taboo on here. You can edit this out. Um, I was sexually assaulted by the time I was seven. So, like, sexuality and stuff like that for me has existed from a very, very young age. Um, but it wasn't until I finally was able to take back that sexuality. I was able to take back my life. I was able to take back, you know, all of these things that had been done to me. And I was able to be, you know, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm going to raise a generation of fierce, wonderful, independent women who are going to absolutely just like take this world. I'm not going to let a man stand in my way of my education. I'm actually in college right now. Um, my ex stood in between me and my education. Um, I graduate next year with my bachelor's in psychology and adolescent development. Um, so basically, another reason that I wanted to go on this podcast is because I want women out there that might be in my position or not my position currently, but the position that I was in where you are being oppressed, you are being told, you know, you don't deserve to like embrace your sexual energy. Like you entirely are able and willing and more than capable. And like that sexual energy for every woman like every woman and man out there is there, you know, like, I don't know, like we, me and B were talking today about how if you have a vanilla relationship, like that's fine. If that's what works for you, that's fine. But if you have a relationship where, you know, you like to see your wife being 
taken by another man or you like to participate in a swinging relationship or anything in between like that is your prerogative and I just I I feel like you know B in his last relationship like he said he was he was shamed a lot um she actually at one point sent like emails and stuff to people that he knew um exposing like his lifestyle things like that and I feel like the the example that I used earlier is in 2021 we are so accepting of people of all different genders and racial preferences and sexual preferences and this and that so why is it so weird to look at someone that wants to share their wife and tell them that oh well I don't necessarily agree with you so that's weird you know no that's that's uh exactly the way I wish it could be you know and I feel like that's right. what we're that's what we're all working towards. You know, that's the goal that we're all trying to reach is, you know, just accepting it, you know, even if it's not your thing, you know, to, to get rid of, I guess, the judgment that, that oftentimes. Yes. That oftentimes comes with it because those of us who are living it, those of us who are walking this path, we know how beautiful it is. Right. You know, and I think that that's, one of the things you were trying to say earlier when you were talking about cuckold porn, it's not so much that cuckold porn is bad. It's just the fact that it's very misleading. When you watch it, you're left with the feeling of, does this woman even care about this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, absolutely. like for all the, the, the kinkiness and the sex stuff. I mean, that that's great. You can have that, but it, it just feels like, okay, why is she even with him? Like it, it almost seems like she hates the guy. Right, like, why is she married if this is what she wants to do? Yeah, and I've seen couples that behave that way, and that's fine, but I know that they love each other. And that's yeah. the element, I don't know if they could find some way to introduce it or make it seem more real, but whenever I've seen cuckold porn, that, that's always the, the element that they don't do a good job of, of translating oh, and in a cuckold dynamic it's, it's it's kind of important <laughs> you know it's the kind husband of always looks to me he always looks pained he always looks like he is just absolutely in distress and it looks like it's not enjoyable for him and i was telling b about this earlier like cuckold porn is so <laughs> which actually every style of porn is just kind of like misleading you know, like you have lesbian porn, for example, like it is super like I've been with women like it is super, super catered to men, how that porn goes down. And it's like it creates this just unrealistic expectation. And then you go into this situation with this expectation and it's like everybody is just setting themselves up for failure and disappointment and like for B and I you know things haven't been perfect um we actually just had an argument the other day 
And I feel like this is very important to tell people too, because when it comes to the cuckolding hot wife lifestyle, like anytime you have this kind of dynamic, like you really, really, really have to sit down and have those ground rules. Because if you don't have those ground rules and you go out and you do something like you are opening yourself up to hurt. So like, like an example the other day, I went out with a bull that is aware of B. Um, he has never performed in front of B. Um, we usually just meet at a separate location, just me and him. And B and I have an agreement where we we have yet to meet a bull who is okay with like pictures and videos. But we like the bull that I went out with the other night knows that B exists and like I have to communicate with him and things like that. Well, I unfortunately got rather wrapped up in the scenario and came home and B was pretty disappointed because he had not even gotten so much as me telling him like hey I'm here you know and I feel like that is also something that I don't really hear on this podcast is the negative aspect of it like I don't want to say negative but it's like you have to be sure that when you go out and you do things or if you're doing things with your cuck in person, like you need to make sure that there are ground rules. And, you know, B and I are pretty new to the scene, but um, ground, like just, just even me sending him a text saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm safe. Like I'm okay. That would have been okay. But I unfortunately <laughs> got very wrapped up in my bull and, uh, didn't text. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, no, we all have that tendency to, to get caught up and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you, know brought that up because it's, it's important that people know that it's not always sunshine and roses you know there oh are, no there are speed bumps no. there are you know potholes there are definitely fights during this you will have fights during this no matter what like you may think that you have the perfect ground rules set you may think that you have the perfect like set up and you've talked to this bull and you've vetted him and like you're all good you're all copacetic and Suddenly, um, things will arise that you just you just didn't expect, and I think that's important for everybody to know. Like, even though you might have those speed bumps or whatever, like, don't let that discourage you from this lifestyle. Um, I know that I am. I'm particularly a person where if I get discouraged by something, I typically tend to shut down. Um. But that's one thing that B has showed me is like, hey, you know, just because you hit like a speed bump, you can't shut down like you have to keep going. So like with this lifestyle, like Michael just said, things are not going to be all sunshine and rainbows like there are going to be some fights (laughs) and it sucks. (laughs) It does. 
So, so Michael, my question to you is, mm. have you ever bore witness to any of these fights? Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, you can't be in this as long as I have and, and, and not have seen it. Um, right. You know, whether it's just me being alone with a couple or, you know, being at a party and, and right. seeing a couple – I mean, usually it's, it's, it's minor and right. usually it's, um, it's body language, you know, like you kind of yeah. see it like in her eyes and kind of oh, yeah. the, the short you sense it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can feel it. I, I probably say probably the most extreme example of it I've seen is a house party that I had a number of years ago. A couple came, they came from out of town. They, they drove about, I don't know, maybe three hours. Okay. And they got to an argument, and he left her. Oh. He, w- he went home and left her at the party. Um, <laughs> and, you know, basically she had to find her own way home. Now, fortunately, I had good guys there, and, you know, guys looked out for her and, and made sure that she got home. But the fact still remains that he left her, and when he left yeah. her, there was no plan in place. You know, yeah, stuff. well, that's that's like an ultimate betrayal right there, leaving yeah. someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I say that it, it that was probably the most extreme example I've seen. Usually it's a couple where they'll have a little spat and maybe they'll step outside and, you know, you can kind of and see them over it. in the corner yeah. talking. But I've, I've never really had anything go off the rails in person. Uh, um, yeah. Probably the most I felt in person is when you get the feeling that okay this is more about him than it is about her yeah you know what i'm saying and that's oh yeah i don't enjoy that energy you know and those are the nights where if i feel it even if i feel it in the midst of us playing you know there's there's no way I'm gonna get an erection again, and that kind of scene. Oh yeah, it's like like the energy is just so off, and that's when you're like, hey, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and cut out, you know. Thank you guys for a wonderful evening, you know. Yeah. Have a. But it's like it, it's ruined from here. Oh yeah, like this is this is not yeah. good. This is this is just not good energy. Yeah. You know, fortunately, that's 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 few and far between that I felt like that, and I think it has more to do with me just kind of being able to read the tea leaves before even putting myself into that situation. Right. You know, as opposed to just saying, oh, well, it doesn't really happen. It's just I'm a little more proactive as far as kind of feeling things out. And, you know, sometimes you have to say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, like you don't want to insult them. You don't want to make them feel better. Be like, no, nah, your energy is off. You just kind of come up with a way to kind of bow out gracefully. You know, I don't think that I'm what you're looking for or, you know, how, however you, you, know, you choose to put it. But, yeah, to answer your question, I've, I've, I've seen it. Now, I try to be mindful of the time, and I think one of the things I'm going to want to do is I definitely want to have you two back because there, there's a lot more that I would like to talk to you about. So I think I'm going to kind of do this as a part one and a part two kind of thing. But before I let you get out of here, I do want to ask B a question. It's something that I okay. asked you earlier, and I kind of wanted you to repeat it, you know, to my listeners as well as to your wife. When I asked you, how lucky do you feel? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I feel like the luckiest man in the world. Um, I, you know, I truly believe that the most beautiful woman in the world is my wife. Um, she's everything that I always dreamed about. You know, she's a better mother to my kids than their own mothers. Um, she <clears throat> takes my breath away every day. Um, she makes me feel like I'm on top of the world. Even when she's out with a bull, I, she still finds some way to make me feel like, hey, I'm proud of you for letting me do this. Um, and it, you know, she says those words and I'm, I'm just like, wow, you know, like this is, this is my life. You know, I, I get to serve her and worship her and, you know, yeah, she may be having fun with somebody else, but she comes, she comes home to me. She, you know, we cuddle, we cuddle at night. She lays on my chest. You know, I wake up in the morning holding her, um, you know, pretty much every day she sends me a selfie from work, which just makes my day better. You know, I, I could talk all night about how she makes me feel just incredible and loved and yeah, I mean, I feel like the luckiest person on the planet. Now, you told me something else about your struggles in trying to accept yourself and the shame and coming to grips with being a cuck and, and what that means and learning to embrace that. You told me that she shared something with you that her friends have said to her, like friends who she's told. Can you kind of tell my listeners what her friends told her? that kind of brought you some solace and peace? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, over and over, you know, and this is speaking to all the cucks and wannabe cucks out there, you know, like the way our society is, um, you know, it can lead you to feel a lot of shame and, you know, you're going to feel a lot of stress relief when you, just learn to accept that you are the way that you are and, um, you know, live the life that you want to live. And, you know, even after we started cuckolding, you know, I was still pretty ashamed of, you know, what if other people find out about this, you know, they're going to look at me as less of a man you know, they're going to treat me differently, you know, and I was constantly worried about this happening. Um, and, you know, God has talked to some of her friends, her closest friends about our relationship and our lifestyle. And she told me that, you know, I was worried when she told me that she talked to her friends and I was worried that her friends wouldn't like me. Mm -hmm. Or they would think that I was weird or somehow messed up in the head or, you know, be like, hey, you need to leave him. He's not okay. But she told me that every one of her friends that she told about our lifestyle and our dynamic and 
how things go on a day day to day basis. Every single one of them was jealous of her for how she gets treated. And every single one of them wished that they could find somebody just like me. And that, you know, yes, God accepts me. That makes me feel great. But the fact that her friends also accept me and, you know, they, they're envious of her like that. Like, wow, I don't, I don't need to feel ashamed of who I am. You know, like there's these other women out there that wish that they could find somebody like me. Like that's, that makes me feel pretty good. That's cool. Yeah. It's like a different type of validation. You know, it's like the validation yeah. you got that you didn't really know you wanted it, you know. Right. Um, like, you know, like you tell your wife, hey, you're beautiful every day. You know, like that's kind of your job. And, yeah, she appreciates it. But then when somebody else says, hey, I think you're beautiful, you know, like it hits her differently. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's like your mom telling you you're special. You know, it's like, mom, you're supposed to say that. <laughs> right, right. It's like, you're my mom. What else are you going to say? Yeah. Uh, right. No, nah, but on that note, you know, I want to I wanna thank you guys uh, for agreeing to share your story, you know, and, and, and oh, be a part sure. of this. Like I said, I know that I definitely want to have you back to kind of pick up and go deeper into, you know, how things have been since you've gotten into this because I know from talking to you I really wanted I was so interested in everything leading up to that first night that I really wanted to go in right. detail about it and, and and flesh it out I knew it was going to run kind of long but I felt like that part of your story was really really important and so I wanted to make sure that I got to it but before I let you get out of here is there anything that you guys want to say to my listeners to me just kind of giving you a moment to just kind of express yourselves uh, B why don't you go first well, please, like God is still first. God is still first. <laughs> okay. I stand corrected. God is you first. <laughs> um, I just want to say to anyone out there listening that if you are in this lifestyle, kudos to you for finding your niche in this world. And I wish you nothing but absolutely like a world of happiness, right? And then those of you who are listening who may have a vanilla lifestyle or you are interested in taking that next step with your cuck or you are just wanting to introduce the idea to your significant other do it because life is so so incredibly short and we are only here for a short time and I feel like if you know from the get-go like you're vanilla cool you you do you mm -hmm. but if you realize from the get like you're not monogamous like this is not for you then then you do you like find that search that scour that you know look through the internet reach out to people find the grass water it make sure it's greener like you will absolutely be happier if you embrace who you are and if you try to stifle who you are, you are just going to lead an entire life of unhappiness. And it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Like coming from someone who did it for years, who was under the thumb of someone who had no confidence. Like I, 
remember looking in the mirror one day and just hating who was staring back at me. And now I look in the mirror and I wish I could duplicate myself so I could fornicate myself. (laughs) 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 Like, that's where we're at with this versus where I was at a year ago. And I wish everyone this confidence and this happiness and like you know if vanilla is your style you do you if kinky is your style you do you if 2021 let your flag fly that's what i gotta say well thank you for saying that and how about you b so i'm gonna beat a dead horse a little bit but (laughs) cucks wanna be cucks listen up don't be ashamed of yourself. Don't be ashamed of how you feel. Embrace it. Accept it. Your life will be so much better. Just admitting to yourself, you know, all your kinky desires, you know, I've been there. It's very stressful. You you can't bury it. It's not going to go away. <laughs> Once this bug bites you, you're stuck with it. The only thing you can do is accept it, be real to yourself, and <clears throat> bring it up to your significant other. You know, I don't suggest like, hey, I want to see you get fucked, because that's probably <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> Try to find, right. a, you know, a gentler way, you know, and it it could be like, Gus, like, hey, honey, for my birthday, can you just be in charge of me for a week? Just Whatever you want, tell me what tell me what to do, and it can go from there. You know, but the the most important thing and the number one thing that's going to make your life so much better is don't be ashamed of yourself. Embrace it, mm-hmm. accept yourself, and your life will be so much better. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, I want to thank you both. Like I said, for for coming on and. And for sharing your story, I know that my listeners will enjoy this. Um, I just want to say you know, uh, a heartfelt thank you to all my Patreon supporters. You guys know what you mean to me, how important you are to the show. Uh, it's not corny for me to say I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you. Um, for those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters, like I always say, maybe this would be the episode that will convince you that, hey, we want to see this Michael C. guy keep doing what he's doing we like what he's doing and we don't want him to stop doing this so on behalf of my guests b and g i am your host michael c this has been another episode of the keys and anklets podcast and i will see you when i see you peace thank you so much for having us (laughs) you're very welcome thank you for coming